Welcome to Spider-Verse Minute, the tri-weekly podcast where we watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse one minute at a time. I'm Sean Slater. And I'm his sister Caroline. And today we're watching Minute 25, which starts with Kingpin opening the portal for testing and ends a minute later with Spider-Man nonchalantly stepping off of the portal. I have named this minute The Reactor Reveal. Yeah, it's definitely like this is the first big um big scene we get that shows like the full power of the reactor yeah. and, and why it is so so dangerous yeah um this was a fun minute <laughs> and like yeah. totally it kind of this is it totally it kind of kept like switching to me and like the mix with like just spider-man's snarkiness and like come back comments to when he would be serious it would just be on a pin and then it would switch back and i'm like what's happening yeah (laughs) getting a little bit of emotional whiplash he's like whoa 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 (laughs) (laughs) but like in a good way yeah like it doesn't make it it, it's not um whiplash might not be it's it's more of a roller coaster than whiplash yeah like it, it flows through smoothly yeah um to for a good example when we start this minute uh kingpin's like you know you're gonna like you're gonna love this it's a it's a real light show it's a real light Uh, show or something like uh, that uh, i feel like he says freaking but i could be wrong yeah he he says that yeah it's like a real uh, freaking light show um uh, and peter responds in a quite serious oh. tone with like no it's, don't do yeah, this here. you'll kill us I got all it real quick um it's it, it's a hell of a freaking light show that's it love this that's where that pg-13 rating comes in. <laughs> <laughs> just that much <laughs> yeah he, he yeah and he gets really um panicked with his mm-hmm. uh, with, with him like oh, pleading kingpin not to do it yeah, although then it's like it builds up, it's like computers are going, you see all these things popping up, getting ready, the lights are yeah. going, coo, coo, coo. it's like I this big stuff thing. To, to touch on the computer real quick. Go for it. Um, first of all, uh, it's the like title of the program is a- AFHC Probe, um, and I couldn't figure out what the, the if that acronym stands for anything, I'm guessing it's something fisk albert fisk? Ca- calling call home calling i don't know um another fisk home call <laughs> um, <laughs> um but i i kind of love when like like most people get really annoyed when like their profession is misrepresented in media mm-hmm. and like sometimes it can be really annoying but I did get, I, I always get a kick at looking at, like, what code looks like, um, and, and like, what people, you know, use as, as the, you know, visual language of, of the way programming looks. Yeah. Um, and, like, in this case, they start it and just, you know, it's very pretty, big, flashy lights everywhere, and, and, and um, uh, a big pop-up uh, pops up that says like it's that afhc probe.exe which means they're running a windows machine <laughs> um, they're running it on windows um As you and do. there's 
there's a like small window in the back of the computer screen that you can see um or like one of the the windows on the the screen Mm -hmm. and in it you can see some like code running by Mm -hmm. um and it it looks like it might either be like i couldn't really tell because it's not actual real code but it looks like um it might be either like javascript or c something like that but it's just like if this happens break (laughs) if this happens break and break in this case just means like exit a loop um so like if you're looping through a list of things and you find the number you want you Mm want to like exit that loop instead of continuing uh, a lot of times you'll just call break um because it breaks the loop um and so I was like, okay, at least it kind of looks like functioning code, maybe. There's no, like, and there might be some, like, stuff on the, like, line terminators, but um, but at the same time, like, there's no indentation. <laughs> and so it's, like, really hard to read. And, like, the text just goes off of the, like, outside of the edge of the pane. So, like, <laughs> it just stops, like, in the middle of words. You're like, hmm, I can't read what that says. This would be absolutely pointless to have <laughs> displaying on it. And, like if it's the actual code running like it wouldn't look like that like you wouldn't be able to see the actual code running um <laughs> it wouldn't scroll by like that unless you're i don't know reading through it or something yeah like, um <laughs> and then so um, this is a strike against the movie is what you're saying um i'll say like half a strike against half the a strike movie. okay because because uh, it like i don't know there's a like with a lot of professions you have to understand that there is a visual language that is used a lot of times to like indicate to the audience what is going on without like necessarily being accurate Mm. um because it's a like because it's not real life like you have to shorthand things and so um uh when to show like oh the computer code is executing like there's never anything to like look at in real life when code is executing because it's just like doing what running it's on a machine to. with no visual output in theory like you might have some like graphs that you would be watching potentially <laughs> but like um it probably wouldn't look this pretty um it might but you wouldn't have code just like scrolling by on the screen um, <laughs> so like i can usually forgive that stuff it's usually what 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 grinds my gears is when um it's like misusing like like misusing technology in a way mm-hmm. that wouldn't be possible or they say like something is happening that that can't happen um or doesn't happen so like this this doesn't really bother me. Okay. I don't um, have the same problem you do because so much of my profession is visual. Yeah. And when you know are people <laughs> representing it in TV, film, or whatever, they know. So yeah. it's like everyone else. It's more everyone else. Is like oh, that's so not how it works. But everyone who's in it's like no, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> Yeah, you don't really need to hire a consultant on acting yeah. when everyone's it's acting. Like, it's like, oh yeah, it's like, it's like oh, no director would not hire someone because of like their hair color. I'm like, no, that that happens a lot. <laughs> like it just does. That's just what this industry is. Get over it. 
Yeah, so the that's my little rant about <laughs> the computer screen. You feel better? You feel good? A little bit, yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that sequence is so inaccurate. Fun to look at. And it, it helps build up to this kind of anticlimactic, which makes it funny, lowering of this tiny machine from the ceiling. Yeah. And the one thing I love about this is I love both Spider-Man and Miles kind of just are like, what the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> looks like on their expecting. faces of just like, that's not what I, what? <laughs> Because I look, it makes me laugh every time I see it. It's a really odd, like, way to deliver a probe. Like, it makes sense, kind of. Like, when you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, that would, you know, just bang yeah. it from above and insert it in, I guess. Especially later <laughs> um, when you see, and we'll get to this, like, how the machine works. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes probably the most sense to deliver it. Yeah. Um, when, it, when it first was dropping down like well when i looked at it um i was like i i, I really recognize like yeah. what that that looks like like it looks like something familiar but i couldn't really put my hand on it same and then... i really looked at it this time and i'm like i know what that is i'm like wait isn't that the x-ray from the dentist <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like oh yeah the, the, little, the little round bit on the end is the part they stick against your mouth and yeah um yeah it 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 finally clicked um when you mentioned it earlier um mentioned it to me before we started recording um and yeah and the other thing too with this shot is the um the control room they're standing in mm -hmm. really just like does not look like it belongs at all <laughs> um, there <laughs> it yeah. especially in the like head-on shot it just looks like someone kind of pasted it in there um because it's not like casting any shadows or anything mm -hmm. um and it, yeah it just it doesn't look like it belongs and it juts out from the edge of the wall yeah so i was it, it it's got this very like alien feeling to um being in the room yeah i kind of like that it does that but at the same time it's like who, who designed that <laughs> Like, what architects look at that and like, yeah. oh crap, we still need to put that, we don't have room in the back. And eh, just have it jet out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I think part of the reason it doesn't really cast any shadows is we see that when the reactor's working, it's like there's so many lights around it. It's like there's really no yeah. place to cast a shadow, so. The whole, the whole, um, the entire wall is just made of lights. Yeah, so it's like, ah, you need like sunglasses to work in there. Yeah. Um, and they, the, in the, um, animators commentary, they were talking about how, like, this room, they played a lot with the way lighting works in this room, mm -hmm. and just, like, it, it feels very weird, because, like, it isn't, quote-unquote, properly lit, like, it's not something that you would normally see, like, it just feels off, because there's not, like, the shadows don't feel right, yeah. and, like, sometimes there's shadows coming from different places, and, um, it's a very weird room. Yeah. It it makes it a very cool room because of that. <laughs> like, whenever we see the reactor room, I'm like, this place is cool. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. The one other thing with about the probe, um, 
was in that same commentary they were joking about they kept seeing how long they could get the um that probe to like go down um until like the director's like "Mm, that's too much (laughs) (laughs) and so this is as long as they could make it uh, (laughs) before they were told to stop making it any longer it was very funny i do love that they did that i I do like usually enjoy those uh, this kind of gag where it's like okay you know we're sitting here waiting for something to like extend like it's all very dramatic stuff and then like oh something slowly comes out to go into place well it's so tiny too what i do like is just that brief moment of pause like once it's in set in place it's just like and then there's just launches of both sides of this like red dot shooting at it it's like two giant super soakers filled with red dye just shot at this thing at once and it goes from like calm to anxiety reading because i really want to talk about the music really quick at this moment yeah the music is awesome i feel like we say that a lot in these episodes (laughs) the music is awesome but this one particular very similar to how the prowler music just kind of fills you with anxiety this music does the same it sounds very similar to his like it yeah. reminds me a lot of his except like not as edgy or sharp like yeah this one feels a bit more rounded out compared yeah. to his this one to me feels less um accented yeah where his is very like every beat well not every beat but like those major beats that give those anxieties are accented to just make your heart pound where this one is like oh something bad is happening right now and not like oh crap i have to run you're like yeah what's happening it's more it's like a um general sense of unease Mm -hmm. compared to just a like um immediately fight or flight sense of unease yeah it's it's very clever and just straight up awesome especially since it was like dead silent before it's quite a bit of a shock yeah. Um, yeah. I love the music in this movie. And, and, <laughs> I just yeah, I they love do really the good, good sound design. Um, so good. And, and the other cool thing too is the way the the when the collider you know smashes into itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mix of these like the Kirby dots that you see. Yeah. Um, but it also you get like. Um, the way it kind of splashes around a bit, it, it looks a lot like spray paint as well. I um, thought that. I'm like, it looks a lot like, like paint. Yeah. Um, the way it moves around um, and, and like comes out of the can and sprays. During the sequence, I don't know if you caught... This was actually the first time I ever caught this line. But so we hear a female scientist while this is happening saying, multiple dimensions are opening. And then she's like counting off the dimensions and we see them popping up. I didn't yeah. catch this eye until this viewing of it. We hear her follow up saying, it's unstable, we should stop. So I think that's two different scientists. Mm-hmm. Um, it has it, like, at least in the script, they're they're listed as two different scientists. Okay. Um, but the, that second one sounds a lot like um, Dr. Olivia's um voice from uh, if voice for listeners remember i forget what minute it was but when um miles was in the montage scene he entered the one science classroom and there was a 
female scientist talking about multiple dimensions earlier in the movie. Seems like it's the same voice with her. Yeah. Um, it could just be like they have the same generic, like. Yeah, it could totally be just like, voice. you know what? We have this voice actress. We need you to do this line. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and like back to the. Um, the one thing I found kind of funny was she was counting the dimensions that were mm-hmm. opening. And what, what what would she have done if it was like 12 dimensions that opened? Would she have been like, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve dimensions? I feel and like I feel like, like she would have been more like, three, eight, ten, twelve, wow! <laughs> Depending how fast they were counting opening. And, yeah. She'd be like, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> that would be me if that was happening like... A lot of dimensions are opening. <laughs> a lot are. <laughs> yeah, it shows um, the five dimensions opening mm-hmm. and like kind of converging into Earth uh, or into to that to a center one. But um, I want to know like what that's representing, how that's being visualized. Like, does does the way this the graph is displayed like is earth 65 closer than you know earth 8311 but like yeah is yeah i don't i I feel like they're just like dots on a screen from what it looks like it's like we don't really know how to measure these we just know that there's whole something somewhere around here like it looks like there's orbits and circles and and stuff and um the dots seem like they might yeah the I, I don't get it. I don't, it uh, confuses me. The one thing, okay, one thing I don't fully get, and this kind of transitions into the next shot, is yeah. if they're only opening five dimension, why is that lamppost so destroyed by just this conglomerate um, of I th- things? These, I think these are the only the like um, five ones that were like kind of stabilized enough. Mm. Um, there's other dimensions that are like um like i'm guessing these are like locked in dimensions um whereas like the the, there's other dimensions that are like trying to get in and like break through a little bit but then come back like they they don't break all the way through and so they um all the the distortions are like those sort of like cracks happening okay that makes sense because i'm like if only five dimensions opened and we literally had a lamppost turn into a modern art sculpture (laughs) <laughs> oh boy we're in trouble <laughs> yeah like what happened <laughs> that yeah my uh go ahead what i was gonna say is like that scene brings me just so much confusion but also some joy in the sense that they show a um a crowd forming around this street lamp and i love how they only have two people filming it yeah i'm like would be more people filming it but i appreciate that they only put two maybe maybe the um the initial like the the um like what caused the distortions maybe that sent like a mini electromagnetic pulse or something (laughs) that like caused everybody else's phones to like short circuit for a little bit and so more people would have been filming, but only those two people's, like, phones kept working. Or you could just go with the theory that makes more sense is that it's late at night, and so most people who would film 
are in bed. That's true. <laughs> it did. It did look like from what I was seeing that it looked like maybe most of them were like couples or older people, and then like the two people who were filming were like younger. From the dark silhouettes of not seeing their faces, I'm guessing anyway. Yeah, um, and the five universes that we see come, their designations are sixty-five, six one six, eighty-three eleven. 90214 and 14512 and those correspond to um, earth 65 is uh, uh, spider gwen's home earth <laughs> and it first appeared in the edge of spider verse number two in 2014 and then became the main setting of the gwen state the spider gwen uh, run from 2015 until present day mm-hmm. from um, 2015 till now yeah um even though it's gone through like multiple renumberings and they just changed her the title of her story um it mm-hmm. went from spider gwen to ghost spider oh yeah you um, told me about that yeah so um she's but that's her main one that's probably the second most fleshed out one of these um and then the next one going around is is uh earth 616 which is the like primary marvel continuity which started in 1939 with the first comic book that like marvel claims to have published um it wasn't like published under the marvel label at that time but um they can like the company can claim lineage back to them and that's been continuous since then pretty much um if you ignore the like sort of destruction of it in the one of the recent events but then it got fixed <laughs> um Comics! So it wasn't really destroyed um <laughs> boys that does not describe so many comic book storylines <laughs> it got destroyed and then it got better <laughs> you know <laughs> they died but not really they're back now no it's always they died but then they got better yeah they died but then they got better um, it's just a mild you know it's like getting a cold just, you get over it yeah you know just a small case of death it's like, nothing oh you died serious. you'll be over it by next week it's fine and then the the next one going around is 8311 which is spider ham's universe uh, um, which is just full of you know anthrop- anthropomorphic animals um, that first appeared in the Marvel Tales, Marvel Tales starring Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider Ham, number one, in nineteen eighty three. Um, that started in nineteen eighty three. Yeah, it, it was is... a, like it's not a continuous one since then, but like it it appeared then, and I think it was like you know six or twelve issues. It was a mini series. You know I think. what? Only Spider Ham could come out of the absurdity of the early eighties. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes um, a lot of sense. And then we have um the next one is nine oh two one four and that one is the um Spider Man Noir, which first appeared in Spider Man Noir number one in two thousand and nine. Um and that's just like, hey, what if we stuck the superheroes in the 20s and 30s and made it like noir style? Um, 
I kind of like these. There's another one that's similar to this, which is uh, um, Earth 1612, I think. So. Yeah, 1612, 1618, something like that, mm-hmm. um, which is just put them back in like, um, you know, medieval times in I'm pretty sure it's the year 1612. <laughs> um, is this and, the one that's the Shakespeare Spider-Man that you told me about? Um, it might be. I don't... Um, yeah, it might be that one. That might be my favorite iteration of Spider-Man that you've ever told me about, but have not read. <laughs> yeah, that one's a interesting one. And then the last one is... Um, the, of this one is Earth uh, 14512 which is the one that Penny Parker comes from, um, which is like a kind of future techno anime inspired. I feel like comparing it to Big Hero 6, I feel like is a good... Yeah, yeah, it's got that same sort of feel, um, at least from what we've seen in in this. Um, And um, that one first appeared in Edge of Spider-Verse number five, excuse me, in 2014. And then it, it all goes towards the, they all merge into the center one, with is, which is Earth 1610. And um, this is kind of my, a problem I have. This one of my complaints, <laughs> however small um, that it is, um, is uh, 1610 is like the ultimates uh, numbering mm-hmm. designation. And, you know, that, first started in ultimate spider-man number one in 2000 and then went on until 2016 or so kind of i think i forget when that storyline was but they did a storyline where they pretty much just said like okay we're done running these two parallel ones that one was also uh, very fleshed out and probably the the and it was the most fleshed out um you know alternate earth uh compared to or other than the 616 mm-hmm. um and then they like kind of destroyed that universe that's the one that miles originated in um and they smashed it into like 616 and we're like okay we're ending that story um <laughs> pretty much um and, and so like i kind of wish they would have given this universe a different designation mm-hmm. um because like there's already history and like story and characters with 1610 and like it feels wrong i guess to 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 do this because like you already have this sort of like oh these are just different you know story tellings of the characters that we know and you don't Mm. really need to like it's a nice easter egg yeah but you don't need to um like you can just maybe make it 1611 Mm. um i think it's i think that's all it's supposed to be just an easter egg not really yeah um because like they did some modifications for like you know spider gwen too that Mm. like kind of keep it the same but um you know it don't necessarily mean that it's quote-unquote canon as much as canon has (laughs) importance we can talk more Um, about spider gwen when we actually get to her introduction because yeah there's Um, there's definitely some things that i feel like we should talk about when that happens but not now when we get to that minute yeah and so then they all just kind of morph into to this minute Mm -hmm. or into this unit or uh this earth once that graphic like finishes up we move on to the um an outside shot 
um, showing the what this the, these dimensions sort of intersecting with um, excuse me intersecting with uh, our dimension and, and it shows more of that glitchy effect that we saw with the spider um, earlier in the yeah movie. we talked quite a bit about what's happening with the street lamp and it's really the first sign like you get the sense of like why spider-man at the beginning of this minute was so panicky like don't do this like you're starting to see the effects and i think the street lamp one i think is just more funny than impending the one that i actually like oh wait this might be a little more serious than or not a little more like this is serious is uh the scene after the street lamp we see i believe it's the brooklyn bridge and it starts glitching and like you see the people on it looking up and they're like wait what's happening and i think what shows it the best is that there's this shot of miles's dad jeff just looking at it with like i don't know it looks like a combination of worry and confusion to me yeah yeah he looks very like i don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, i'm just not like, paid oh, enough for this thing <laughs> <laughs> what do we have to deal with now it's like how am i supposed to take care of that <laughs> yeah like he can't really believe what his eyes are seeing yeah and i honestly if i was him and i saw that i don't think i would believe it either well so after we see uh jeff jeff miles is dead uh we then switch back to inside of the collider the reactor yeah uh before actually i do that why do you think they showed jeff at that point um just to remind us that he's a person he exists (laughs) (laughs) like i think it's just a like um it happens a lot in like movies though is you'll get the reaction shots from like some strangers but they always stick in the one person you're familiar with Mm -hmm. like um give a connection give you yeah give a connection um i also think this will sort of help set up um later in the movie when his parents are looking for him like it kind of Mm -hmm. um it just helps them like set up where they were um when things went down well and i think this also helps sort of going off of that helps set up that this wariness that his dad tends not to show to miles yeah so it's kind of nice to see that oh he does worry (laughs) that's a weird way to word that but you get what i mean (laughs) um anyway going back to miles switching back this poor boy can't seem to get a break so the one thing that I'd like about this is that so the collider is going on and all of a sudden you start seeing destruction happening and this I guess it's a ceiling tile from the the reactor falls on the same scaffolding that Miles is on so it crushes that causing him to fall yet again in like the past 3 minutes this boy has fallen in like every scene he's been in Yeah it's also like um it falls exactly where he was standing too yeah um and you see like he looks up and then he's like oh gotta move and like jumps out of the way very quickly Mm -hmm. 
um which i think is like it's it's just another way to show his spider sense reflexes oh okay. yeah well, well yeah like both yeah. because of his spider sense and mm. uh his reflexes yeah the, there's that which i'm like they're really trying to kill this kid like this early on in the movie <laughs> and then it switches to yet another funny moment to me which spider-man he's under goblin's claw and he like glances up and he goes norm what's your take on head trauma yeah and i'm like what and then goblin gets hit in the head yeah. with a ceiling tile and i'm like oh really dude i also love how when he gets hit in the head the music just like cuts out right um and it becomes very quiet all of a sudden um not very quiet it becomes much quieter Mm -hmm. um and then like peter just kind of like gets up like you know brushes himself off and um just like so nonchalantly walks off of the edge as he shoots up the (laughs) that was something else i had i'm like this boy is so cool under this situation like you can tell he's just used to this by now we're just over with these kinds of situations yeah he's very confident with his abilities he doesn't jump off like you would think. No, he just casually walks off and launches. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of, um, like, watching some people jump out of, like, like parachute out of planes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll just, you know, like, take that step into nothingness and, like, yeah. you know, do that role. It, it feels like a very similar motion. Yeah, I get what you mean. It does feel that way. Um, and then, like, as he's swinging the um his dramatic music comes back Mm -hmm. again the sound design in this movie is really clever and how it transitioned and how it uses it for both emotion comedy and just sheer epicness yeah they feel like we don't give enough shout outs to sound designers in general but big shout out to the sound designer Sometimes I, I don't know how many worked on this movie for this movie. Probably. They do a fantastic Probably. job with it. Yeah. So those are all the notes I have. Do you have anything else to add? No, that's that's all I have for this minute as well. Right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on Wednesday with Minute 26. See you next time. Bye.